Find our seats, let's find our seats. Find your seats, find somebody you know, sit next to them. Find them, find them, find them, find them, find them. If you're sitting down, say yeah. yeah. If you're standing up, say no. Everyone sitting down said no. What's up with that? All right, all right, all right. TUL weekend, who's ready for the weekend? All right, the middle section is ready. The back sections, we're gonna work on that. I got a section over here that is ready. Hey, my name is Josiah. I get to hang out at the downtown campus. All right, we got downtown over here. What about Midtown? All right, we got Midtown. South Tulsa? All right, Owasso? What about Jinx? And Broken Arrow. Hey, what about Battle Creek Church students? Where y'all at? Come on, come on, come on. Well, hey. Uh, I'm excited to be here tonight. I hope you're excited to be here. I believe God has something special in store for you. But hey, this is what I need. For the next several minutes, about 20 minutes, I'm gonna dive in and we're gonna jump into something that I want you to take a look at, but I want you to just put your distractions away. Put your phone on airplane mode, take off the Wi-Fi, tell your neighbor, hey, for the next 20 minutes, don't talk to me. You can talk to me all night, but not right now. I'm gonna focus in. If you got that journal, you can take it out. If you got that B-I-B-L-E, you can take that out as well. Uh, come on, and we're gonna get ready to get into the word tonight, uh, but I want you to focus a little bit on what God wants to speak to you today. Can we do that? All right, we'll get there. Hey, I'm going to pray and then we'll jump in. God, we come before you today. God, we're thankful for all that you're doing. God, we're thankful for what you've already done. God, what a special time of worship, God. And I pray right now that you would just begin to speak to us, God, that our hearts would be open for whatever you have for us, God, that you would reveal yourself in this time to us, God, that we would have a deeper understanding of your word and that we would know you a little bit closer after tonight. God, we love you. We thank you. And all students say, Amen. Amen. Hey, a couple months ago, there was a movie that came out with a superhero. Anyone know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Spider Man. Anyone like Spider Man in here? How many Spider Man movies are there? Dang. If you're saying, listen up, if you're saying one, you're too young, go watch a couple more. If you're saying two, you're still too young, go watch a couple more. I think there's three. Does that sound right? No. Who likes Spider-Man? Come on. Right, a superhero movie came out called Spider-Man, right? Spider-Man is a part of what? Does anybody know? 
Marvel, right? There is a thing called Marvel uh, that Marvel has a lot of different movies, right? I think I was seeing 26 in total, right? 26, anyone seen all 26 of them? Wow. Y'all gotta start reading books. That's way too many movies, right? Marvel, right? That is what we call Marvel, right? It's about all of these superheroes, right? That eventually come together and they make what? They make a team, but what's the team? The Avengers, right? And so they make the Avengers. So I went back to look and I wanted to know a little bit more about this thing called the Avengers, right? They, they all take part of this thing called MCU. Anyone know what MCU stands for? Y'all are in. I didn't know what it stands for, right? It stands for Marvel Cinematic Universe, right? And so it has all of these superheroes that come together throughout different times in this series uh, that create different things. So the first one, I went back and I went and watched. Uh, in 2008, the first one released. Iron Man, best one there is. That's debatable, but we'll talk about that, right? Iron Man came uh, and Iron Man got to hung out and then there was a guy named Captain America, right? We had Captain America. We had Captain America come, right? And so we have this first phase of movies that ends up in 2012. I remember exactly where I was at. I was at a golf tournament in Las Cruces, New Mexico, and we went to watch the first thing ever superheroes, all of them in one movie called The Avengers, right? They go to New York. Some of y'all are too young for that. It's okay. You can go back and watch them. But I watched it. I remember vividly because uh, there was a lot leading up to that point, right? We had Iron Man in 2008, and then we had Captain America. Then we had Thor. Then we had the Hulk, right? And the crazy thing is each one of these had their individual stories, right? So Iron Man has one, two, and three. Uh, Captain America has like the Winter Soldier and uh, the, whatever the other ones are called. There's even like a one, two, and Hulk. Uh, all right, if you can hear me, clap your hands once. Right, and so all of these movies in that first part lead up to this thing called the Avengers, right? But it doesn't stop there, right? We go into more sequels and more sequels. Then we have like the second Avengers. And eventually we get to this end called Endgame. But if you've ever been to a Marvel movie, there's one rule about going to a Marvel movie. Stay for the credits. Right, because you all know when you're in the theater and that guy leaves before the movie's done, you're like, mm, you're missing out. Like you, some people go buy an extra popcorn just to watch at the end of the movie, you know what I'm saying? And so they call it an Easter egg. Right? And sometimes it doesn't have anything to do with the movie that they're actually watching. Sometimes it's foreshadowing what is going to come. It might be about a completely different movie. It might be about something that's actually uh, gonna happen or a sneak peek or well, we don't know what it is, but I do know this, everyone stays in the movie. Right? No one get up, gets up and go. And so we think, and I think, right? MCU, you're like, man, Marvel is the greatest and best superhero movie thing to come together. If you like Batman, I'm sorry. You know what I'm saying? Like DC tried. They haven't got there yet, but they're trying. Right, we, I think man, they're the greatest creative, right? Uh, Stan Lee, I think is who wrote it. He's like, man, that dude is amazing. He was the best thing ever to think like, let's put Easter eggs and let's, let's make this thing go forever, right? To have individual stories that lead to this overall story. But then I got to study this week and I was like, you know what? 
Marvel's really not that creative. Like he's not that much of a creator because in reality, he just stole what the word of God was already doing. You see, the word of God is just like Marvel. You have all of these individual stories and chapters and verses that lead to certain things, right? They share a story. You probably know a lot of the figures, right? Like Moses and Jonah, right? And, and, and they have individual stories, but they lead to this bigger picture. They lead to a, a, a whole vision when you get up, right, from a sky view and you see, hey, each one of these have a place and a purpose in the greater story. Right, if you watch uh, Iron Man 1 and you think, man, this is amazing on its own, but yet it's even greater when you think about the bigger picture that it plays now that you've watched all of them. And so this weekend, it's all about the word of God, right? If you go to see all of our merch, right? The merch is looking good, right? It has Bibles on it, it says the word. It's all about the word. And so there, if you have your Bibles, will you pull them out with you? If you have your phone, pull it out with you. But I, I want you to just hear me out uh, for a second. If you did not bring a Bible, like one you can hold in your hand that's not electronic, I want you to bring it tomorrow. This whole weekend's about it. And so you gotta have it to know about it. If you don't have one, go talk to your youth pastor. They will get you one, a student pastor. They will get you one for tomorrow, but pull it out. We're gonna go to Isaiah. And that's where we're gonna be tonight. If you're looking, where is Isaiah? You're gonna go right into the middle. You probably land at Psalms. You'll go a little bit uh, to the right and you can find it. And so I went to look a little bit more about the Bible. I wanted to know a little bit more. Right? It's written by 40 plus authors, right? That, that God kind of spoke to them on what to write about. I, I did this. It has a, more than 1,100 chapters. Three million Letters, it's a lot of letters. Imagine if you had to write the Bible all over again, your hand would hurt a lot. But in all of those chapters, in all of those words, I believe it leads to a couple different things. I think it leads to this, number one, that it has one ultimate purpose. Now the Bible has one ultimate purpose. Every story, everywhere, all three million letters in there lead to the same and to one story. It's to give glory to God. You're exactly right. It writes all of this. Every word that is instructed by the Holy Spirit to be written in the Bible leads so that we can one, reveal, he can reveal himself to us. And two, so that we, he can reveal his glory to us. It's for his glory. And, and then number two uh, is this, I think that it has one compelling theme. Throughout the entire Bible, we know this to be true, that God is good. And I know some of you are in the room right now and you're like, man, I'll be honest with you, I don't feel like he's very good right now. My life when I got out of my car was really bad. Whoever dropped me off, it just doesn't feel like he's really good tonight. But I wanna tell you, God wants to reveal himself to you tonight and therefore he wants to tell you and show you that he is good. He wants you to know that that he knows you by name, that he loves you and that he created you. And he wants you to know that he is good. And then this, I believe that the Bible has one certain hope. That there is life beyond death. Right, it's something that we can hope for because it's certain because we know that one day Jesus will return. 
for his Bible tells us that, that he will return. And so therefore we have a certain hope. We can hope and put all of our burden, every trouble that we walk through, every situation, we can leave it to him because he is our hope. So if you have your Bible, turn to Isaiah. We're gonna be in uh, chapter nine, verse two, and then I'm gonna skip down to verse six, but it says this. It says, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light, underline light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. Then it goes down, it says this, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and his peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestors, David, for all of eternity. So we're gonna stop there. And so uh, the Bible split up into two sections, right? The Old Testament and the New Testament, right? There are 66 books that lead uh, to that. And so this verse is in the Old Testament. And I think this, I think the Old Testament does two things. I think it reveals that we need a savior, us as people, and it also points us to Jesus. And so what does that mean? Why do we need a savior? Well, we see right in Genesis is the first book of the Bible. It says that Adam and Eve brought sin into the world. And so you and I are both sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God. We are not perfect, right? We believe at our church at Battle Creek Church that this is the perfect place for imperfect people. We allowed sin to get into our lives, right? And you might face that in different ways in the person sitting next to you. Right? You might be looking at things we shouldn't look at. We might be hanging out with some people that we shouldn't, right? We maybe need to change some of our attitude, but we all are sinners. But that is what the first part tells us that we are, but it also points us to Jesus. It tells us that a savior is coming, right? It shares about that, just like we were seeing in that last song, right? That Jesus is the light. That light will come to shine in darkness, but also in verse six, then it says, for a son will be born, right? That in the future, Jesus will be born. We have that certain hope that we can go back to. And so that's in Isaiah. So now we're gonna go to John. The book of John, it's kind of uh, in the second half of it. It's in the New Testament, right? If you're having trouble, you can go to the table of contents. That's a great place to look. It'll tell you all the page numbers that you need to know for today and for tomorrow. We're gonna go to John 1 and it says this. It says, in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. Underline light. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. So now we're in the New Testament and I think the New Testament one, it tells us this, that Jesus is here, that finally Jesus has come and eventually we'll see towards the end of all the gospels, it tells us that at one day Jesus will come back, 
right? So the Old Testament says that we need a savior and it points us that Jesus will come. Now we're in the New Testament and the New Testament tells us that Jesus is here and it'll eventually tell us that he will return. So I had them do this. I said, hey, can you put both those scriptures back uh, on the screen for me tonight? So uh, it's hard to put in two different places in your Bible. And so don't worry, I put it on the screen for us. And so we're gonna take a look at it tonight. And, and so uh, I want you to think about this, right? Isaiah's in the, oh, John's in the, all right, you learned something today. The crazy part about this is that they were written about six to 700 years apart. You're thinking, well, that's not very much time. Well, let me put it this way. That's like Shakespeare. Anyone know who Shakespeare is? That's like him writing, yo, Tom Brady's gonna win seven Super Bowls and retire this year. Right, that's like Shakespeare, instead of writing Romeo and Juliet, he writes MCU. He's like, there's gonna be like seven Avengers. Right, it's crazy to think about it when you put it in that time span that there's so many years apart, that there's so much time between them. But when we look at this, why do I wanna tell you that? It's because these are written so far apart from each other, but yet they're saying the exact same thing. There's lots of life that's happened between them. There's lots of things, but what it does tell us is this, that there's gonna be a light, right? It says that in Isaiah, it says a great light for those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. So it's telling us that a light will shine, that a light is coming. And then at John, it says this, it says the light shines in the darkness, right? And never, and no darkness, no darkness can never extinguish it. And so it's talking about this light, right? And so I like this, it said in Genesis one, right? God created the heavens and the earth, he created light. So we know that he creates light. In John one, he tells us that the light is here, that Jesus is here. And then in John eight, a little further on, he declares that he is the light. So if you'll put those scriptures back on there. And so if we know that Jesus is the light, We can read it like this, right? Isaiah 9, 2, the people who walk in darkness will see a great Jesus. Those who live in a land of deep darkness, Jesus will shine, right? And then we can do that in John, the same exact thing. The world gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone, right? Jesus brought light to everyone. The Jesus shines in darkness. And no darkness, no sin, no nothing can ever extinguish the power of Jesus Christ. And so there's so much between these two scriptures, but yet they're sharing the exact same thing. Why is that? Well, let's go back to what we were talking about with Marvel because they're individual stories that are sharing something, but it's playing a part of the bigger story. You see, you see the Bible is just one story. It's one great thing. It's a writing, but it does, I believe one thing that it does consistently, every word, every verse, every chapter, every book, every author, they write and it does this. It points to Jesus. It points to him. 
every word, all three million letters that is written, they all play a part in the story that points back to him. In Luke chapter 24, it, it, I like, it says this, it says, then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets explaining from the scripture, the things concerning himself. Think about this, you're sitting in a room, you took a test, you didn't do very good. And the teacher's like, man, why did you do good? The answers were right there. Like, why were, you, why were you surprised? I gave you the answers before the test. That's what Jesus is saying in the scripture. He's saying, why are you guys so confused? I wrote this even in Moses, right? Hundreds of, year before, hundreds of years before this, I wrote about myself that I was going to come, right? They're all playing a piece uh, in this large story. They're putting and building this thing that kind of all points back to Jesus from the Old Testament to the New Testament, thousands of years in between when this book is written, all of it points back to him. So every time you look at this thing, every time you see it, every time you open it, you have to remember that everything in here points back to Jesus. And you're saying, well, why is this weekend so important? Why are we focusing so much on this weekend called the word? Because I believe this, if everything in the Bible points back to Jesus and God has asked us to read it and that the word would give us life, then I believe this, then I believe it is our job for that our lives can point people to Jesus. That every word that comes out of our mouth, every letter that comes from writing down, every text message, every DM, every like, anything that we do in our life should point back to Jesus. For some of us today, we would not be pointing back at Jesus. If I look back at some of those text messages, for sure is not pointing to Jesus. And so I think, what is it that you need to do? What is it that I need to do that would change so that when somebody sees me, when someone sees me interact with somebody, when somebody sees me from a distance who doesn't even know me, they could say, hey, that, that guy points back to Jesus. And so the, the, we put a word to this, what we call it is to be gospel centered. Right? The gospel is the good news. It's about who Jesus is. And so if the Bible is gospel centered, if everything that is in this book points back to Jesus, then it's our job for, it's our, job for our lives to point back to him. And for some of us, hard. We've never done that before. For some of us, we still don't even know how to do that. We're trying to figure this whole thing out, right? And one thing for, for sure is if you wanna know more about who God is and what Jesus is, you gotta read the Bible, right? You gotta read what points back to him. But tonight I wanna give us some practical ways, some ways we can come back and say, hey, here's some easy ways for us to be gospel centered. Number one is this, we have to commit our lives to him. 
It is our job before we can do anything, before we can point people back to him, we have to first commit our lives to him. We first have to say, God, I, I die to myself. Any selfish desires, not what I want in my life or the desire that I want in my life or this particular thing that I want. You have to stop saying that and you have to start saying, God, it's whatever you want in my life. God, I want what you desire for my life. God, I want what your word says for my life. God, I want your calling and your purpose and your plan for my life. Right? It's our job first to commit ourselves to him. And after we commit ourselves, then I think this, if we wanna know more about him, then we need to get to know him. And so how do we do that? This weekend is all about it. We need to immerse ourselves in the word. We have to immerse ourselves in the word. We have to dive into the word. We have to make it a habit of our everyday life. It's gotta be something that we do on the normal. You're saying, well, what does that even mean? How do I do it? I'm gonna give you a simple, uh, a simple, a simple way. You can call it the triple threat. We call, it the, we call it the triple threat or the five, 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 right? It's five minutes in worship. It's five minutes in prayer. And it's five minutes in the word. It's taking 15 minutes out of your day, right? That's easy for you. That's like one war zone game. That's like just the previews of one of the Marvel movies. It's so simple, right? It's like 15 TikTok videos. I know you're watching more than 15 TikTok videos, but it's so simple. And yet it could give us so much life. And so it has to become a daily habit that in which way we do. And you're thinking, well, maybe five minutes is a lot, 15 minutes is a lot, fine. Do three, three, three. Start with nine minutes a day, 10 minutes a day. That's so easy. Read a passage, read a chapter, read a verse. Start to make it a daily habit. Now you, you, you live in such an easy way. You don't even have to carry your Bible around. You can get it on your phone. Right, when I was in, uh, I remember when I was in eighth grade, I went to this conference just like you were at, just like this. And they challenged us that year. And for some of you, this might be a great challenge. They just said, hey, for the next semester, for three months, carry your Bible everywhere you go. Everywhere you go, not your phone, like a real paper Bible. Some of you like forget this is how you read, like hardback books, like Chromebook is not a book guys. <laughs> Let me help you out there, okay? <laughs> But you would carry it everywhere. And I remember I was like, man, this is terrifying. Like, what am I gonna do when I get to class? Like, oh, did you bring your math book today? No, I brought my Bible. <laughs> like, I don't know if that's gonna help you with algebra too. <laughs> but then you would go to a restaurant and you have it with you. And you're saying like, what, what was that difference? It's because it was like, hey, if we wanna know him, then we gotta have him close to us at all points. We gotta be able to turn to his word and read about him. And two, I think this, it opened up great opportunities for us to share about him. And so number one is this, right? We have to commit our lives to him. Number two is we got to immerse ourselves in the word. And number three, we have to share the good news. We have to share the gospel. And that's why I'm saying for some of you, it might be, hey, 
How about you and your student team or your community group, you challenge, hey, this week, we're gonna do it for one week. Because it's just one thing to know him, but now I'm gonna. Now I'm gonna share about him. You know, we talked, when we were talking about uh, being selfish and what it was to be our, my desire and what I want and what I wanna do, and this is for me, I think sometimes as Christians or as believers, we can be very selfish. Well, what do you mean by that? I think if you're in the room and you know who Jesus is, then sometimes we can be selfish and not share with others about him. We can be scared, we can be nervous, we can be frightened. Right, we can have a lot of doubt in our minds. And so it hinders us from sharing, but in reality, we're just being selfish. Because if we have this good news, this certain hope, we know his glory and what God wants for us, that it's our job to share that with the people around us. Whether that be at school, at your sports team, your mom and dad, your cousins, your brother, your sister, your friends, your neighbors. Right, we, we have to stop just saying, and I think I know about this guy named Jesus. Right, we can't stop saying, hey, I, I think I know this guy named Jesus, but yet we've never spent five minutes reading his word. That's like you saying you know your best friend, but you've never spoken to him ever in your whole life. Some of y'all do that. We gotta help you. But you got to, and able to know him, you have to spend time with him. And so I'm gonna walk you through those three things again, right? What does it mean to live gospel-centered? That's what tonight's all about. That the word is gospel-centered. Everything in the Bible, every word, every letter, every verse points back to Jesus. It points back to his goodness, right? It points back to what we talked about in the beginning. It has one ultimate purpose that he would reveal his glory and it's about his glory, right? The theme that God is good and it leaves us with a certain hope. That's what it means to be gospel-centered, that it is one complete, perfect story. And as we said, it leaves us needing a savior. And so tonight, I think it would be wrong of us to be able to talk about who he is and not give some people in here a chance to get to know him and commit their lives to him tonight. Right before we can jump to some other things, we have to be able to commit our lives to him. We have to be able to surrender. Right, we admit, hey, I can't do this alone. I can't do this alone. I, I need somebody to save me. I need a savior, right? The crazy part is the world needed like nine Avengers, but tonight you only need one savior. You only need one savior and he's here tonight. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, looking around, 
not talking to your neighbor, not playing with your neighbor. Hey, just focus in, I'm about to be done. Tonight we've been talking about who Jesus is. And maybe you know about him, but you don't actually know him. And I've called us the first step to live gospel-centered lives is that our lives would point back to him. And the first way to do that is to commit our lives, to surrender our lives, to know that, hey, we are sinful people, that I have sin in my life, that I have darkness, just as that scripture said, that I have darkness in my life, but tonight I wanna invite the light into my life. I wanna invite Jesus Christ to be my Lord and my savior that no one else would be the Lord of my life, but Him. For some of you, maybe God's been revealing Himself to you right now in the last several minutes. He's been steering that in your heart saying, hey, you know about me, but you don't actually know me. You've been to like a hundred of these things and yet you've never really had an encounter with me, or maybe this is your first time here. And you're saying, I'm not gonna wait till my second time. I'm gonna do it on my first time tonight. So if you're sitting in this room and you're saying, hey, I, I, I wanna know him. I wanna make him the Lord and the savior of my life. I want him to become the king of my life. If that's you tonight with every head bowed, every eye closed, no looking around. If that's you tonight, would you do me a favor? Would you just slip your hand up? You can put it up, come on, all over this room. If that's you tonight and you're saying, God, I commit my life to you. That I don't need to wait for tomorrow. God, I wanna give my life to you. You can put your hands down. If you rose your hand, I'm gonna say a prayer and all of the people who believe in Jesus and has already made that commitment is gonna pray with you. But it's not about the words that are coming out of your mouth, but what it means in your heart, the posture of your heart. So if that's you tonight, would you just repeat this prayer after me? The believers in the room are gonna pray as well and say, dear God, I know I'm a sinner, but today I ask you to forgive me for all of my sin. Jesus, come into my life to be my Lord, my Savior, and my forgiver. And in the best way that I know how, I trust you alone to save me. Thank you for saving me. With every eye closed and every head bowed, hey, if that was you tonight and you prayed that prayer and you meant it with all of your heart, you surrendered your life to Christ tonight, if that was you, every eye closed, every head bowed, would you just raise your hand right now? And would you keep it up? Come on, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it with all of your heart and you saying, I'm not gonna go a day longer without committing my life to him. If that's with you, would you just lift up your hand? Even if you didn't lift it up before we prayed, but you prayed that prayer, would you lift your hand right now? Keep it raised. Keep it raised. I wanna give you a couple more seconds. If that's you, I'm gonna pray right now for courage that you would say tonight is the night. That tonight is the night that you say yes and you, you raise your hand. If your hand is raised, would you just do me one more thing? Would you just look up at me? 
Would you just make eye contact with me? Every head bowed, but if that's you, would you just look at me? Hey, you know what? If we just made eye contact, would you do me a favor? Would you just stand up right there? If you're kind of nervous, just grab the person next to you and would you meet me right here in the front? Come on, if that's you, if we made eye contact, every head bowed, every eye closed, if that was you, would you just stand up right now and come forward? If we made eye contact, come on, today is the day. Today is the day. Yes, yes. If you're nervous, if you're saying, hey, I don't know what to do, grab the person next to you and just come forward. Come on, it's the best day ever. It's the best day ever. We're so excited for you. The people are cheering because we are so excited for you. So would you do me a favor? I have some friends right here to my right. Uh, I got Pastor Montega, Wyatt. Would you walk right over to them? They're gonna see you right over there where it says exit. You're gonna walk right over there right now. Hold on, give me, give me a couple more minutes. If you're still in this room right now, what I, I wanna just set this, hey, if you made that decision and maybe you're saying, ah, I wasn't ready to get up, I wanna just tell you at any point in the next several minutes, if that's you, you can walk out here to my right. I got some people there or in the back, I got some people that wanna talk to you and talk to you. Yeah, come on, if that's you, you keep coming. You don't worry about anybody, you just keep coming right now. Uh, come on, come on, you keep coming. Hey, can I get somebody over here to help me lead them that way? Come on, man. Can I get a fist pump? Come on, you're gonna walk right over there. They're gonna wait for you. Come on. Come on, that's courage. And so at any point, if that's you, you just need to get up and go. I just want you to tell you, go. You don't need permission, you don't need anybody, you just go. But if you're still in this room tonight and you say, hey, I've already committed my life to him, but, but really have you immersed your life in him? Does your life really point back to him in all areas of your life? I'm talking all areas, with your Instagram feed or your Snapchats, would they point back to him? With your time in your day, what do you do during the day? Would you point back to him? Now I'm gonna get real with some of us. Some of us, we, we, we play sports and we practice four hours a day, but yeah, we can get 15 minutes with him. We do lessons and we do this and we do that and we hang out and we watch four episodes of X, Y, and Z every night, but we don't ever spend time with him. And the only time we do is when things get hard or when things get tough. And then we wonder why isn't he good? And so tonight, if you're still in this room, I, the worship team's gonna come here in a second. And they're gonna sing this, this song called Make Room. And if, I, if you're at downtown, I love this song. We sing it all the time. Because it talks about this. It talks about making room for him. 
And so if you're in this room, I believe you've committed your life to him, but I also believe this, that it's time for you to make room in your life for him. It's time for you to immerse yourself in the word. And so we're gonna open up this altar and we're gonna, I'm gonna let you for a couple minutes, just whatever you, do, you need to do to encounter with him tonight, to immerse yourself in his presence. You can come up to this altar, you can kneel where you're at, you can stand where you're at, you can, uh, you can do whatever you need to do to be able to focus and have a time with him. Tonight, not the night to just be hanging out and to be, no, 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 no. Tonight is the night to get to know him. This weekend is about to getting to know who he is, the word that he wrote and the word he has for you. Because I believe this, I believe if you let him if you give him the space and you make room for him, he will talk to you. He will show you his love. He will show you the plan and the purpose that he has for you. He will tell you, hey, it's time for you to step up and to be a leader in your student room. It's time for you to stand up and to be a leader in your classroom and on your team, that your life would put, point back to him. So here in a moment, I, I'm gonna count to three and at three, you can stand up, you can come up here, you can kneel down, you can, tonight is not about what my friend's doing, tonight is about what I'm going to do to encounter with my heavenly father tonight. Pastor on Sunday said this and I loved it. He said, it's not a time to put our hands in our pocket or to chew our gum, it's our time to go to war and to encounter him today. Don't leave this room without immersing yourself in his presence to getting an understanding of what does it mean to spend time with no distractions, no phone, no friends, no nothing, just you and him. So every eye closed. I'm gonna pray and then I'm gonna count to three and the worship team is gonna come uh, and they're gonna start singing and you need to move wherever you need to do. And if, if you're in this room and you say, hey, I made that commitment uh, to Jesus and I still haven't gone, there's some friends in the back. If you need prayer and you need somebody to pray for you, your community group leader sitting by you, find them and ask them. God, we come before you tonight. God, we're thankful for what you're doing. God, I'm thankful for what you've already done tonight, God, to celebrate with people who've said, I'm gonna commit my life to you. But God, I, I pray for deeper than that, God. I pray for some people who would immerse themselves in your presence, God, that they would dive in to your word, God. And as your word points to you, that their lives would then therefore point to you. God, that they would say, hey, that, that's a Battle Creek student because look at them, they're pointing everybody back to Jesus. I know who they are. I know the king that they serve because everything that they do points back to him. So God, I, give, I, I pray for courage for these students, God, that whatever you wanna do, how you wanna encounter them today, they would be obedient to you, God. Whether that be up front, whether it be in their chair, standing up, kneeling down, God, I, I pray that I, I, the liberty to do what they need to do tonight, God, to have an encounter with you. So God, we pray that you would immerse us in your presence tonight. God, we make room for you. We invite you into this place. God, we believe at our church that when your presence is here, that your presence can change everything, God. And so we ask of it today, God. Change our lives and change us. Ready? One, two.